Welcome back to UView, the show dedicated to all things Arlington youth. Spring is almost here and we have a new batch of segments to share. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the A-Town Scoop, your Arlington Youth News. I'm Hallie, the Editor-in-Chief of Arlington High School's online newspaper. Today, I'm going to be sharing some of our recent articles and reporting on happenings within the community. As we're all aware, AHS students have been conducting school remotely for five months. We already know that everyone is desperately missing social interaction, but a recent article by Ella Gomes explores another downside to Zoom, the effect on our body image. Now, students are paying attention to our appearances more than we ever have before. No longer are we going about our days only seeing our reflections occasionally in the bathroom mirror or on our student IDs. Instead, we have a small square on our screens to remind ourselves of what we look like throughout 70-minute class periods. With more time to stare at our reflections, we have more time to criticize ourselves than we would have pre-pandemic. Sports have been a solace to this virtual setting, and fortunately, no AHS teams have had their seasons canceled. Fall and winter sports were able to conduct safe and successful seasons, which did wonders for students in our mental health. However, for some, sports can be extremely stressful, especially for injured athletes. An article by Amelia Ansel tells the stories we don't often hear about, the athletes who get so injured that they are unable to participate in their sports. She argues that the athletic department should focus on mental health just as much as it focuses on physical health so that even injured athletes can have rewarding seasons. Sports aren't the only way to stay social though, even though options have been severely limited due to the pandemic. Zoe Blankespoor compiled a list of COVID safe ways to spend time with friends in an article that will be published soon including day trips to outdoor landmarks, drive-in movie theaters, and Netflix parties. To read these articles and to explore student journalism at AHS, be sure to check out the Ponder page. It's been a season of change, with classes and the entire schedule shifting in the middle of the year. Now, classes are 70 minutes long instead of 80 minutes, and each class will go into AHS for a few in-person meetings. In the next segment, students will discuss their opinions on the new schedule and the hybrid model. That's all for the A-Town Scoop. I'm Hallie for UVU. I've had two in-person shifts already, and I can say that, at least for my classes so far, the in-person shift has been the exact same class as it would have been virtually, except that it is harder to hear my classmates, because we are all wearing masks and staying six feet apart. Um, and I definitely still miss the Wednesdays that we had in semester one. They were a much appreciated break from screens on Wednesday morning. 
school for semester one and I found that there were a few benefits and downsides. Um, the benefits were that being at home was less stressful and the schedule with three classes per semester was much better and less overwhelming. The downsides were that it was much harder to focus and create a bond with classmates and teachers. I guess I don't really see the reason why we needed to change it. The previous system was working well. Like, the students I talked to, a lot of kids thought it was good. And if they didn't like it, at least it wasn't, you know, putting us near each other to get, like, spread COVID. But I've seen a lot of complaints with the new one, especially with lessening of, like, Wednesdays, that now instead of having, you know, time to, like, work on stuff, we're now get like, for another four hours sitting in front of a computer, which isn't great. I feel like if it's working for kids, that's great, but I don't really see the use. It's just more effort for me to have to figure out how to get to the school, park at the school and all that, considering it's not like provided transportation. I don't wanna miss the in-person things because it's like, I'm missing a day of teacher-student education. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, yes, I'm not technically like forced to go into the building, but like, I'm not gonna get the same sort of like a class that day that I would have. And so it's one of those things that like, I kind of feel like I have to. schedule has impacted my routine a lot. Often on Wednesdays, because of my free time, I would take a chance to relax and just de-stress from the week. I would also try and meet up with friends because I have so much free time. Now, I can't do that. The new schedule has pretty positively impacted my personal routine because now that we're all home and we have longer blocks, I basically just have more time and more flexibility to do my homework, to sleep, to plan out when I eat. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have to go to Old Hall anymore. I don't have to, um, you know, be, be going from class to class to class. I, I can focus on one class at a time and I think that's really helpful for me. For this episode's creativity highlight, as part of an ongoing project to highlight original poetry and spoken word, here's an original piece by ninth grader Xavier Bernhardt. Take it away, Xavier. The oppressive smog of the lower city made breathing without a respirator nearly impossible. In one of the many buildings of the sprawling underground catacombs, a simulacrum of a praying mantis lay on a cold metallic table. Over the body of metal and Mars, hunched was another figure, although this one was considerably more fleshy and twitchy than the lifeless robotic corpse on the table. With a flick of the fleshy finger's hand, the luminous green eyes of the monster turned on. The robot shot off the table, sitting on the ceiling of the far corner. The robotic's compulsion for belligerence had been restricted by the temporary, temporarily by the figure. The solemn figure beckoned the, ma the machine down to the dank floor of the lab. 
The figure's face was twisted with ecstasy as the incredulous fact that he had made his magnum opus, a mission of impervious body and insatiable hunger of the mind. Finally, he would take down the taboo barriers of the world. For years, he had been the derision of the mechanical lab, when applying for his permit for lab resources to make these killing the silent killing machines. He was laughed at for being too inarticulate and furtive to express himself. Needless to say, his application was turned down, and he was fired for his madness and insanity. Now, homeless, hungry, and vengeful, he stood in his lab, staring eye to eye with his child of fire. The child was myopic. However, it made up for this defect and its extreme intellect and ability to kill. As the interminable silence grew longer and longer, the robot swang to an invisible beat, and the breath of the figure becomes more tumultuous. The fervor of the figure finally escaped, jumping up and down and skittering around the room like a high hummingbird. The figure turned around and walked briskly to the still simulacrum. He grasped the mechanical head of the robot, unnoticingly knocking the restraining bolt off of its metal skull. My child, my beautiful child, who will purge the world of its darkness and sin, of its greed and pride, you will make this world a pure one, one without pain or suffering. <coughs> Sticking through the abdomen of the figure was the long blade attached to the end of the long arm-like appendage of the machine. The robot slowly looked down at its arm, then back up at the horrified face of its father. The figure slumped to the floor in a pool of blood. The child of fire walked out of the dark room and into the bustling streets of the lower city screams echoing out through the underground like wind on mountain. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pop Debates where Arlington Youth has the opportunity to discuss pop culture. I'm your host Jasper Zellmer. I'm joined today by Jenny Brigham and Aiden Paramore who are here today to discuss the best show to binge during quarantine. Isn't it crazy that we've been doing this for a year now? Yeah. Wild. Okay. Jenny will be arguing on behalf of Big Mouth and Aiden will be arguing on behalf of Grey's Anatomy. Let's get started. I'm going to give you each about 90 seconds to present your arguments. Jenny, you have the floor. Okay, um, so Netflix Originals um, Big Mouth is an incredible show and especially fantastic for quarantine. It um, has been made very recently, so it's really apparent to pop culture and references a lot of things that feel very recent. Um, they released a new season, the fourth season, over the summer, which was a really nice time because I was able to rewatch the whole show a couple times at the beginning of the quarantine, and then they introduced a new one. Um, it is, it's a very relatable show, which I think is very important when you're watching something because it it's very comforting um, and my parents have watched it as well they agreed um, but it's also very ridiculous so it doesn't feel too real to the point where sometimes it's uncomfortable um, and it's just hilarious it has a fantastic cast and writing team that just really works on making sure it captures um, being a teenager and growing up and just it, it's a really funny show. Um, it has a lot of specials uh, and it covers every topic imaginable. So any mood you're in, it has an episode that will fill that craving that feels um, relevant. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. Aiden, you have the floor. 
So Grey's Anatomy is the perfect quarantine show. I mean, this show has 17 seasons, so it's perfect if you just want to sit down and watch a show for months on end, because you could watch this for the entire quarantine and still have seasons left to go. Um, you also have those relatable characters that leave you invested in the storyline. Um, you really feel like you become friends with a lot of the characters just by watching through the show and just getting to know them slowly as their lives progress and as your life progresses during quarantine. Um, that drama-y, gossipy feeling that you kind of miss from being in those big groups, you just, you get that from Grey's Anatomy. And I feel we all kind of miss that group mentality where you get to see all of these people interacting all the time. And that's something that's really important in a quarantine binge show, just seeing that group of people interacting and having all of their different problems and drama and all of that fun stuff. It's, it's really an amazing show. Those were both solid arguments. Um, I will now give you each about 60 seconds to respond to the opposing argument. Aiden, I'm going to let you roll with that momentum and continue. Well, as I just stated, Grey's Anatomy has 17 seasons and Big Mouth is just on their fourth season. Now you were also talking about how it's, it's current, it feels really, you know, in the in pop culture where it is today. Well, the 17th season of Grey's Anatomy is actually based around the pandemic. So if you wanna watch something that happens during the pandemic and feels really current to just the times you can watch that season, or if you want something that's a little bit more chilled out, a little bit less where we are in the world right now, you can watch some of the earlier seasons where it's more fun and enjoyable and less intense so you get those different moods that you were mentioning with Big Mouth and also Grey's Anatomy has it has its dabble in comedy but it also has you know a very vivid storyline which you're you have to follow the whole way through I mean once you get started you just you can't stop and I think that Big Mouth just falls short on that. Okay thank you Aiden. Jenny I'm gonna give you 60 seconds to respond to that. Thank you. First of all Aiden on your last point I wasn't sure if you've watched it all the way through, but Big Mouth actually has a fascinating story arc that follows characters who develop very similarly to the way we and our peers develop. Um, and you see them grow up. And then 17 seasons where I can see the like positive part of that. What I love about Big Mouth's perfect four seasons is when you want to just get all of that content in, you can binge it if you want to in a week or a weekend. And the episodes you don't get sick of them. They just keep on building. Um, I also think that for me, at least a lot of the times when I'm binging, I really want something that's just gonna take my mind off of everything. And seeing a show taking place in a hospital, I just think could really lead to some like pandemic anxiety um, and intenseness. And I'm, believe me, I'm one for a drama, but I think the Big Mouth really ha captures the comedy while still having a lot of serious topics. Um, and also I think with the like current times, I think that Big Mouth really captures it's modern, but it doesn't talk about the pandemic and TV is one of the biggest forms of escapism. You know, you can watch it and forget about everything going on, which is why I think Big Mouth is just the superior show. Okay, awesome. 
I would like to thank Jenny Brigham and Aidan Paramore for giving everyone some great recommendations and excellent points of these two shows. Um, be sure to let us know what you think. Thank you all for joining us in this pop debate and we hope to see you next time. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to follow us on Instagram at uviewshow and email us at uviewshow at gmail.com with all of your ideas. Also, UView is now an official club at AHS. If you want to join our team and get more involved on the show, be sure to check us out on the AHS club website. And that's it. On behalf of everyone, we'll see you next time.